Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Dental Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Arias. And in this episode, I'm speaking with two great people, Dr. Alexandra and Tim Otto. It is also about building something. I mean, we absolutely made more money, me and my career and Alex working as associate than we do owning these practices, even with a very successful practice and a, and a decent practice that we're starting up. It has to be about more than just the money. We, we absolutely made more money working independently than we do owning a practice. Um, yeah. And a lot of that is because we compensate the team so well. We provide the healthcare and 18 days paid time off for every team member. And, you know, we're big about creating something bigger than ourselves. Uh, you know, we donated $20,000 to local causes last year. So it's, you know, it's, it's not just about the money. And you hear people say that and the people who give that a wink and a nod and say, yeah, yeah, sure. But it really is. Those are the ones that are going to succeed, not long term. They're in Texas and they own Kids Tooth Team Pediatric Dentistry. And they currently have two running practices, one in South Austin, one in Buda, Texas. And guess what? They're opening another one, a third one. And they're, they started in the middle of the pandemic and they're skyrocketing. And so in this episode, they let us know everything that they did, right? The struggles that they went through, how there was delays, uh, some of the best companies they worked with, some of the worst ones or some of the not so great ones, um, their production and collection, what that's looking like, um, how they how they hired their team and so forth. And something that I like uh, that we discuss is a couple things. One is how they have systems in place for dental assistance. This is crucial. They have they're very, very big on systems, which honestly, we all should be. We all should be really, really big on systems. And that's how we kind of uh, grow. Right. We make a system and then we put our players in there and then we, we, we grow. But they have a really, really great system for their dental assistance and they elaborate on that. And another thing that I like that they say is just because someone is a financial advisor doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. Maybe you might have experienced this. There's a lot of financial advisors out there who maybe have given one or two great advice to like some people. And then they're like, I'm going to be in this game. I'm going to be a financial advisor now. And they think they know what they're doing. Right. So you really got to do your own due diligence, right? You really have to do your homework, create your business plan and so forth, do more research on it to know exactly um, what you can do when it comes to taking out your loan, uh, when it comes to purchasing your practice, finding the right location, all these things, right? So we discussed that. Uh, we also talk about how you got to be strict in your cancellation process. And they give us their whole breakdown on their cancellation process and their follow-up process if someone no-shows or, or, or cancels last minute. And it's fantastic, right? Uh, they've actually lowered their no-show rate. So listen to how they lower their no-show rate. It is wonderful. Everybody should do it. So we talk about that. And another thing we talk about is how they have someone called the Director of First Impressions. I thought this was cool, so look out for that too as well. So without further delay, here is Dr. Alexandra and Tim Otto. How's it going? Doing well, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. If you don't mind me asking, where are you guys located right now? Yeah. We're in Buda, Texas, which is about 15 minutes south of Austin. Um, that's where our flagship primary office was started. And we also have a location in South Austin, um, just kind of right close to downtown. But we're yeah, based out of the two areas. Wow. So two locations in Austin. Yep. yep. Oh, okay, nice. Have you guys, this is such a silly question, but 
Have you been to Salt Lake? Yeah, yes, of course. We, have <laughs> <laughs> we usually take our friends there to go. It's actually a state law. You have to go yes, there if you live here over six months. State law, you have to go. Yeah, Salt Lake. How far are you guys from uh, Round Rock? Well, about 15 minutes or about an hour and a half drive. <laughs> okay, okay. That's well, good. One of the two, yeah. yeah. Round Rock is North Austin. I guess Round Rock could be as far north of Austin proper as we are south. You know anybody in Round Rock? Yeah, we have some practices in Round Rock. I went to go try their Round Rock donuts one time. Mm-hmm. Like that really, really big donut. You know what I mean? Like, I, uh, not familiar, but I'm sure uh, it's, it's like all food in Austin. It's amazing. Yeah. Donuts are a food group in Texas. So there's a <laughs> lot of donuts. There's literally a donut place right next door to our office, which is good for us. But, yeah. great, great for a pediatric dental office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny because when I moved uh, to California, I was like, do y'all guys have kolaches for breakfast? And they're like, what are kolaches? And I was like, mm, yeah, nobody here knows what are kolaches. <laughs> yeah, kolaches and shipleys. And, no, but that's awesome. Austin has been growing. Austin yeah. has been growing a ton. Like everybody's leaving LA and everything like that to go to go out there. Have y'all seen that? Oh, m- massively. I mean, we're in actually, so Hayes County, which is where the practice is located, where the butyl uh, location is. Uh, fastest growing county over 100,000 in North America in 2021. Wow, man. So explosive doesn't begin to cover it. I know. I should have bought something out there. Yes. (laughs) Hindsight. man. Oh, but if you can, tell us a little bit about y'all's past, present. How'd y'all get to where you are today? Alex and I met when I was finishing up my international MBA at the University of Denver. She was in her uh, first residency, a general residency at Denver Health. Mm-hmm. Um, our, my career took us down to uh, the DFW area where Alex started to work as a pediatric uh, or as a general dentist seeing only pediatric patients. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was a national sales manager um, and it was traveling over 150 days a year. We both decided that that wasn't the type of life that we wanted for our future family whenever that may happen. Um, so we kind of had the idea of combining Alex's amazing uh, skill as a, as a dentist with my limited knowledge as a businessman and decided to start our own thing. So uh, Alex uh, applied for residency and got accepted to the NYU Langone program up in Alaska. So we moved to Alaska for two years, sold everything we owned, sold our big old Texas house and moved into an RV and spent uh, eight weeks traveling the nation, took the Alaska highway, spent uh, two years up in Alaska and, uh, and then ended up in Utah, Texas and started our first location in September of 2020. Man, so you lived in an RV for two years? Well, we lived in an RV for about eight eight months. months. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I gave a presentation once was how I ended up living in a trailer. So (laughs) not a normal thing for a dentist, probably. Um, But yeah, we bought a house up in Alaska and ended up like flipping it and renovating it. So we were sort of like living in the RV while we were renovating the house um, and then lived in it for, you know, the couple months that it took us to get up to Alaska we also have 200 pound dogs and they also lived in the RV with us. So it was like, yeah, an interesting, yeah, life altering experience, but it was, yeah, so much fun to go up to Alaska and get two years to just explore, you know, what we consider the most like beautiful place in the country. Yeah. An interesting fact about Alaska, it's one of the highest concentrations of pediatric dentists per capita in the nation. Really? Yes. So if you're looking to start a practice, don't go to Alaska. I was going to ask you, like, did it ever cross y'all's mind to maybe like, we should maybe we like it here. It's nice. You know, I I watch meat eaters sometimes. So I'm like, oh my gosh, Alaska looks really nice, you know, but 
It, we really did. I mean, we fell in love with Alaska and the lifestyle and the people and just made some incredible, incredible friends up there. Um, the darkness was a little bit hard. I'm from Florida, Tim's from Colorado. So we used to sunshine like all year long. And so the 20 hours of pitch black <laughs> for four months a year was a little bit draining. And we just always had this vision of starting, you know, multiple location practice. And that was a little bit harder to do in an area that was already pretty saturated with pediatric dentists. And so, um, so yeah, that's why we kind of picked Texas and I'm sure Tim will kind of talk about how we picked this particular area, but, um, yeah, we, we could be tempted ourselves to, to actually stay in Alaska, but we love it there. Yeah. We always tell people if we, if we had stayed one more year, it would have been permanent residence because it's, it's a different lifestyle and, um the joke is well you know why did you move from alaska we say well we're going to work really hard and sell our souls for the next 20 years and then when we're done with that we'll retire and we'll move to alaska, move to alaska. <laughs> so but you guys started off in uh texas right or you said you sold your house in texas in yeah, denver and then texas we lived um in like a suburb of fort worth called mansfield texas and so we lived there for about two and a half years and then yeah, that's really when, you know, I would come home every day from my associateship and kind of talk to Tim about, you know, how, you know, some customer service things that I felt like if we owned a practice, it could be a little bit different. Um, and just, you know, some of the business aspects of dentistry that Tim always just had like really great ideas for. And so it was during our time there that we realized that opening a business together, Tim doing the business part of it, me doing the clinical and, you know, team leadership um, could, we could create something really special, but I was a general dentist then, and I knew that I only wanted to do pediatrics. And so for me to open up our own practice, I really wanted to be the pediatric specialist that, you know, it's kind of the end of the line. I didn't want to, I wanted any kid who needed anything to be able to come to me. And I really wanted to be that specialist that offers, you know, all the pediatric services that a kid might need. Um, so for me, that meant going back to residency, getting the you know board certification and being that type of specialist to open that kind of practice. And so that's what led us to applying to the second residency and then just you know, picking Alaska because I loved the program there. And then also we just like fell in love with the idea of go, you know, going to Alaska for a couple of years. It's kind of like living that nomad life a little bit. And you're exactly. like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it brought, did you feel like it brought you out closer? Oh yeah, living in an, an RV together. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so between that and then yeah, flipping a house together, that was like I'm like I feel like we've done everything that you could possibly do to test a marriage. And so yeah, I, I definitely feel like it. Did. Yeah, that's absolutely. good. Let me ask you, Alexandra, uh, the the associateship that you were working in, where you would come home and you're like, man, Tim, I feel like we can be. I hate this, or I don't like this. I like what was that stuff? It was, I feel like how the families and patients, I don't feel like, you know, customer service and the patient experience was the priority. I, you know, as an associate seeing 60, 65 kids a day, I would go to explain a plan to a parent or talk them through something that's a little bit more complex and would sort of get cut off by the dental assistants and say like, you know, you need to go somewhere else. You need to do the next thing. I'll talk to the parent instead for mm. you. Um, and I really, you know, that's why we become dentists. We want to have that relationship with our patients. And I feel like some of the associateships that I've had, that's just like not been the priority. It's like, you're the dentist, go do the dental work. And then all the relationship building just like isn't as important. Um, and yeah, I worked as an associate, I joke about it, literally 17 offices before we started our own practice. And because I worked in several group practices that had- She was never know, fired. I was never fired. <laughs> <laughs> we just from moving, um, moving and working like part-time in some places. Um, well, the one, and then one had seven locations that I worked at. So I'd go to yeah. a different office every single day. 
Um, but I like value that experience so much because, you know, learning from all these experiences, learning from all these offices of the things that I feel like we can improve on or, you know, the things that they did great, mm -hmm. um, really helped us to, to build the practice that we have. Um, and so, yeah, I totally encourage new dentists, like work for a couple of places, work for a single location office, work for a group practice, see which practice model works for you. Um, cause I've gotten to do all the, you know, worked in a single location office, worked in multi-location group practices. Um, that really helped me to realize that I, I do like the group practice model and like having a collaborative doctor environment, um, which I never would have known had I not worked for, you know, a couple different, you know, practices and groups. And, and just to be fair, too, to some of the places that she's worked, she'd come home with a lot of great ideas as well. And I'd go, oh, wow, we're going to steal that. So, you know, there, there was a lot of good aspects of those practices as well. A lot of things that are doing very well um, that we love to emulate. So, you know, there's there's good and bad. And there's good and bad with our practice, right? So, yeah. What were some of those things that you would come home and you're like, oh, we're going to do, I want to do this. I, I, I got this. And now you're utilizing it. Having systems in place for training dental assistants, you know, I feel like that was something that when you're an associate, you, you just have no idea what's going on behind the scenes of like how we're training the team, what's Im important, um, you know, what are the benefits that you offer to a team? And I realized like none of the practices that I ever worked for even offered health insurance as a plan. And so that was something that was really important to us when we were building our team. We want to offer advanced benefits to build, you know, build a team that wants to spend their career with us because a lot of these offices, just like the turnover for assistance was just so high. And I, I realized that we were spending so much time training new assistants and trying to get people in that that was really important to me that, you know, we get a team that wants to stick with us and we offer them benefits and, you know, offer them a culture and environment that they want to spend their careers with. And so, but I've had some practices that were just like incredible at training assistants. They really had systems in place. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, starting my own practice, I realized like what an effort that takes to train a team and have everyone be efficient and on the same page um, with all those efficiencies. So like, yeah, some of the practice has been great. Um, yeah, the mentoring, I've had some, some really incredible mentors in the practices that I've worked. And so to me, that was really important when we started hiring, um, you know, doctors to come work with us is I wanted a, a mentorship opportunity. What are the things that you want to learn? You know, none of these practices I've worked at ever had any sort of like onboarding or formal training when you came in. And that always kind of surprised me. Like they just throw you in. You don't even have like a login to the computer. And they're like, well, you're a doctor. Like you figure it out. And I'm like, well, what materials do you use? Like, <laughs> I would like to know someone like the assistant's names or like, can you. Treatment philosophy. What's your right? treatment philosophy? Like what do, what do the patients in this practice expect? Like if I recommend a stainless steel crown, are they going to, you know, laugh me off the you know chair? Yeah. But it's like, it's just nice to have like some sort of expectation for a what, you know, what you expect out of me as an associate and what your patients expect out of me. And so I think that like, even just a day of like training and onboarding um, to me was something that I really craved and wanted and as an associateship and just never found. Um, so that's something that I have like a formal onboarding and training system for our new dentists when they come on um, that goes over all of our equipment, goes over all of our mater materials and treatment philosophies so that we can be on the same page for our parents and families and they can feel good about seeing any doctor in our practice and knowing that they're getting the same, you know, quality and standard of care. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Before we dive into your business, I'm kind of curious in the sense of, has this always been on the plan? Like you guys owning, like, we're going to own a business. We're going to own practices. That's that's the plan. No, I, I think so. I mean, I come from an entrepreneurial background and, um, you know, again, going into management in corporate America and Fortune 150 companies, really, really large scale stuff. That entrepreneurial bug never leaves you. And <laughs> I knew that Alex would catch it sooner or later. Right. So, I mean, we've been together eight years now and we've been working on this plan for over five years. 
So Alex would say, no, it probably wasn't always for you. No, I, I was not a dentist in dental school that was like, that is my dream is to open up my own practice. Like that seemed like a lot more work than I, like I wanted to be able to come home at five and like have kids and have a work-life yeah. balance. And so that honestly is not something that I like, when I interviewed for jobs, that wasn't my first question. Like, can I have ownership of your practice or um, all of the practices ended up offering me like ownership opportunities, but I don't know. Yeah, I just, that wasn't my plan as a dentist. Um, and it wasn't until Tim, he like kind of laid out this vision of how he would be helping me with the business that I even felt like it could be a, a remote possibility. I think that helps a ton. If, if somebody lays it out and you're like, oh, okay, cool. I don't have to do that stuff. I got yeah. it. If you're doing all that, then yeah. I, yeah. I want to be a dentist. Yeah. yeah. But I also laughed when, you know, we were talking about it and she goes, but I can't wait to have my own practice so I, we can have kind of more of a work-life balance. And I just chuckled uh, because yeah, we're working in corporate, even traveling as much as I did and as much as she worked, um, it, that was literally, we worked about 50% of what we do now. And that there is no end in sight to that. I mean, you have to be mentally ill to do what we're doing right now. And that's just all there is to it. There, you have to have a different level of drive and commitment to something larger than yourself. Um, because if you're doing it for work-life balance, especially in today's competitive market, and it's only becoming more competitive, that's not going to be what happens. I mean, it'll take five to 10 years of a, a hardcore daily grind to get to that point where you can put it on cruise control. So that's, that can't be your main motivation starting a new practice. Yeah. For work-life balance. They hear that and they say, no, nah, I'm going to be different. No, <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're not going to be different. You're not, you're not. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. All right. So let's, let's dive into your business a little bit. If you guys can recall, Oh, well, first and foremost, who'd you guys go with for the loan or did you guys go with the bank for a loan? Bank of America. Um, and I think they, dominate the market for small single practice startups right now. Um, easy to deal with from a business guy's standpoint would have been pretty difficult to deal with from a dentist standpoint. Why? A lot of the stuff that I'm just used to, right. And having those financial documents prepared and being able to field those questions. Um, also we opened right in the middle of the pandemic. We signed our lease like literally three weeks before COVID hit. So really? You know, Bank of America was pulling loans left and right. And to be able to navigate that, that situation and say, no, we're moving forward with this. And to convince them we do have the financial wherewithal, we do have the means, we have the plan, right? I mean, we've got a 75-page business plan. We've got a 50-page marketing plan, you know. And, and so all of these facets were in place and, and communicating that to them in an effective manner to get them bought in, Um would have been pretty difficult, I think, without that background. Yeah, that's pretty. Never once when the pandemic hit, were you guys like, maybe we should, maybe we should pause a little bit. Like, let's, every let's, night. Every <laughs> <laughs> also, like at this point, we like sacrificed working for two years. Like we both quit our jobs. So I could go back to residency. Like there was just no other option. Like we were gonna start this practice, and like it was gonna have to be successful, or we would literally just have to go bankrupt. And I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Living in RV in Alaska. Living in RV in Alaska. You guys' moment in Alaska is like my dream. So yeah, <laughs> yeah like, no, I know, I know. But I mean, you know what? Hey, that's the worst alternative. Yeah, yeah. This is okay. yeah, yeah. that's good. We'll go for broke. Okay, so what were the terms of the loan? Yeah, so I mean, again, they're very accommodative to new practices, um, and they know. I mean, so they've got a thing called Practice Heartbeat, where they essentially they harvest the data from all of their new practices. 
So they've got it down to science. They know when key indicators or key performance indicators fall out of whack with the rest of your peer group. And so they can step in and help you. Fortunately, we haven't been in that situation. Um, but the good news is that they do have a lot of programs in place to help dentists that maybe don't have a Tim. Uh, they don't have that business background. Um, so, you know, a lot of other banks might even offer more attractive terms, but Bank of America has the ability and the coaching um, in place to help, you know, an Alex by herself if she wanted to start a practice. So we did a 10 year uh, term uh, fully amortized, but we have uh, the first year was interest only. And then there's um, graduated payments for the next couple of years. So, um, you know, again, very, very accommodative to new dentists. And they also understand, you know, anybody else who saw $400,000 in personal loans or student loans would laugh you out of the office, right? Yeah. Banks that don't specialize and work with dentists, but banks that do specialize and work with dentists understand that that's all just part of the, the deal. And, you know, because of the income potential, Eventually, they'll they'll get their money back. Yeah, big time. Big. How much was the loan for? It ended up being five fifty total, including fifty k in working capital. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And so, really quick, are you guys still paying off student loan debt or no? Oh yeah. Yeah, for another thirty five years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, just for thirty five more years. That's it. A, a, a funny aside story. So when we first started dating, I think it wasn't until we were actually married that Alex would divulge her student loan debt to me. I think he had no idea how much dental school costs. Like in his mind, like a hundred thousand maybe. And so like, I didn't tell him I was like four hundred and fifty thousand dollars in debt until I, we were already engaged for sure. <laughs> Man, but so okay. Tim, maybe you might be able to answer this. Like, how does that work? Do you recommend like, okay, now I'm making a lot, hurry up and pay it off or just continue with the... Man, that so totally depends on your personal uh, financial situation. Uh, the one thing I will say, and I'll, I'll throw this caution out there to Dennis, just because somebody's a financial advisor does not mean they know what they're talking about. In fact, most of the time, they don't know what they're talking about. So, so be real careful with who you get advice from and who you decide to put your money with, because a lot of times they're just salespeople getting started in their career and they don't have your best, best interest at heart. So sometimes paying down debt is not always the best option, right? I mean, if we can invest it in a new location and get, you know, about 15 to 20% return on our investment right now, why would we ever pay a 3% note off, right? Um, now, if you've got seven and a half, eight percent interest on your loans, that's asinine, and you need to be at least refinancing it or doing something else in order to get the interest rate down to, you know, something more in range of what the current market is. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so it's pretty much depend. I like that. I like that. Just because someone's a financial advisor doesn't mean that they know what they're talking about. I should yeah. probably stop getting my financial advice from like, I'm like, oh, this post tells me I need to save, so I need to. <laughs> but okay, cool. So then. How much was your guys' build out? Did you use it all? Where, where was it allocated? Every last penny. And, um, you know, we got really fortunate. I also have a bit of a background in construction and Alex is just an incredible interior decorator. So we were able to save a tremendous amount of money, probably anywhere between one hundred fifty dollars to $200,000 between the cost of the build out and the cost of design work. Our This build out probably would have cost around seven hundred. dollars We got everything, including... The equipment, including supplies and everything, we're, we're all in for about 600 on this deal. 600 Okay. So where'd you guys get the equipment from? Uh, Burkhardt. Burkhardt. Okay. Everything? Everything, everything? Uh, the equipment, yeah. The initial order uh, we got from Burkhardt. Um, and, you know, we outfitted the second practice with Burkhardt. 
when we start a third practice, we'll use Burkhart. Their service post-installation is incredible. Uh, and so that has made it completely worth it to me. Yeah. Here. The second anything, you know, we've had very little issues at all, but like whenever we do need them to get here, they're here like that day. So we've been really happy just incredible them. customer service. Nice. And you said when you started third practice? Yes. yes. <laughs> we, we put it in, no, I guess not. Yeah, we're, we're in negotiations right now on a, um, a new lease south of us by a little ways. Man, how many do you guys envision having? You know, we, we joke about it and I say we're going to rise to our own level of incompetence. And if that's five locations, then it's, that's great. If it's 10 locations, that's great. Our biggest philosophy is like we always want to maintain the same standard and level of patient care that can never drop. The second that that drops, we're going to have to stop and reevaluate what we're doing because it means mm -hmm. we've failed or something has broken down along the way. So that's mm -hmm. priorities number one, two, three, four, and five. Um, and then the second part of it is you hear so many stories about, hey, this guy, you know, got five locations, sold it for five million or sold it for 10 million, you know. Everybody's looking for that brass ring and they're building companies to sell them, which as a business person, that's not a good strategy. <laughs> At some point, this M&A fever is going to break down and there's going to be some, some heartache and heartbreak involved in that. We're building a business that will outlive us, that'll be sustainable long after we're gone, right? We, this is a career for us, it's 25, 30 years, uh, and that's, that's what we're building this practice with in mind. So, you know, if we can continue to help kids and provide them with better service and care than they're getting anywhere else, we're going to continue to do that. That's good. I like that. So then for the listeners, what type of practice do you have? I know you said kids, pediatric. Do you guys take all kind of insurance or just PPO or Medicaid too? Or? Yeah, we accept Medicaid. Um, we just don't accept HMOs, but yeah. pretty much other than that, I feel really passionate about accepting Medicaid as a pediatric specialist. I feel like those are the kids who need us the most. Um, and so I, I want to be there and I want to be that a specialist who can do all those services for those children. And so that's really been a big part of our philosophy of care is accepting Medicaid. Um, I also like doing more complex cases and like full mouth rehabs and I like doing anesthesia cases. And so a lot of times those are the kids who just need more complex care too. And so, yeah, we accept Medicaid, um, accept all PPO, you know, fee for service. And our goal was really to be a practice like Medicaid patients get treated the same exact way that a fee for service or a PPO patient does like they come in and get offered a coffee or a tea or water. We don't quadruple book them just because it's a Medicaid patient. You know, we, we want to spend the same amount of time with them. They deserve the same level and quality of care. And on, you know, on the flip side, we're, we're also really strict with our cancellation policies. So I know that's a reason that a lot of, you know, practices may not want to accept Medicaid as they feel like the cancellation or the no-show rate is higher for Medicaid patients. But um, we're just, you know, we provide an incredible service. We have a beautiful space and office and we treat our patients really well. So um, we just ask that they're respectful of like being on time and showing up for their appointments. And so, you know, we've gotten to the point where we're, you know, we're not afraid to, to release the patient provider relationship if someone isn't holding up their end of the bargain and showing up for appointments and being on time. Um, and so because of that, we have a, a Medicaid patient population who's like really grateful to be in our practice and, you know, comes to their appointments and shows up and, um, we just we believe you can you can make a great living also seeing Medicaid families and patients and you know we're lucky in Texas they they have a we have a good reimbursement rate for Medicaid all things considered um, yeah we accept everything do all services we have like an office general anesthesia an office IV sedation um, offer oral sedation intranasal sedation um, I do a decent amount of oral surgery for our patients that need it. But yeah, see patients up to 18 years old and including special health care needs, children. Um, and I 
also go to the hospital. We have a children's hospital here in Austin called Dell Children's. And so I go there once a month too and um, bring the really the more medically complex kids who need to have care in a hospital setting. Um, we can go there and do that too. What's the reimbursement rate? For Medicaid over there. In Texas, I, I can't remember. I think it's like 17th or 18th in the nation as far as states are ranked. So it's not like crazy good. Um, I, it's typically 50% of UCRs is my like general rule of thumb on that. Break it down to me. What's the cancellation policy look like then? Three strike and it's, it's, a, it's a three strike and you're out. Rule, but essentially. Yeah. first time you can only rebook um, at a certain time of the day. After that first cancellation, second time, you can only do same day appointments. So say they second time that they've no showed, they can only call the morning of. And if we happen to have an appointment open, you know, they can come in that day, but we're not going to book them out in advance if they've canceled um, twice. And then the third time we, we send them a patient termination letter and explain that, you know, just unfortunately, you know, our relationship is, you know, no longer working and and, you know, basically we, you know, you're their emergency dentist for X amount of days that's mandated by law and provide them, you know, with a list of other dentists, dentists, if they need it. Um, we've only had to do that a couple of times. So it's really like most people are really respectful and it's, and we explain it to them. You know, I think it's something that, you know, we, mm-hmm. we, we book out months in advance now. So these important, these appointments are really important. We want you to be able to be here. Um, and so, and it's also required by Medicaid that you, you know, any families that don't show up for their appointments that we report them also to the insurance companies. And so, you know, making patients aware of that, that this is Medicaid considers it neglect if you are not showing up for your appointments and, and being here on time. And so, um, you know, informing them that that's, that's something that we would have to do as well. So the first time you call them or you text them or what do, what do you think? No, I mean, yeah. So with our, um, and I'll, I'll put a plug in right now for, for CareStack, right? That's our practice management software, um, phenomenal, phenomenal cloud-based uh, service. Patient communication is integrated in with their overall software. So there's no need for like a Yappy or a Weave or anything, any of those, um, all great programs, but it's nice having just a one-stop shop for everything. So all the communication is built in. So from the moment they book the appointment, they're getting emails, they're getting text messages, they're getting communication, they're signing up on the patient portal, and then all of that is automated, right? So a month out, they get an email reminder, a week out, they get an email and a text, two days out, they get a text reminder, all, you know, and you can customize the wording however you want to, um, you know, reply yes, all that fun stuff. And then once it gets to two days out and they still haven't confirmed, then we'll actually have a process where our director of first impressions will start calling to confirm by phone. So, um, yeah, we, we take no shows pretty seriously. We show, we, you know, um, we fight hard for every single patient, every marketing dollar that we spend, you know, it has to have an ROI on it. So take that all pretty seriously. Having said that, with all of that in place, everything, our cancellation rate or no show rate, I should say cancellation and reschedule rate is 20%. Okay. So expect it to be pretty high. Now we're also a very high growth office. So that needs to be factored in as well. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. That's good. What else do you guys, um, I mean, I understand CareStack is like the central nervous system, right? Of the practice, basically. So that's one of the ways you guys utilize it is through patient communication, patient reminders, right? Appointment reminders, things like that. Talk to me a little bit more about like, what else do you guys utilize CareStack for as far as where you feel like it's phenomenal for this? Yeah, absolutely. So um, number one, the imaging. So actually CareStack is integrated with TigerView which they've got a phenomenal integration together. So, and I guess you could talk a little bit about that as a clinician. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's super easy. It's all integrated directly when they, you know, the system's taking x-ray, it immediately gets like into their chart. 
um, you know, all the tooth charting, everything's like super user friendly as far as the dentist standpoint of it. I, the thing I love the most is that all the forms are electronic, all the consents, all the financial estimates, a parent, literally, we just have tablets at the end of every chair and a parent pulls that up and signs it right there. So if there's ever a change to the treatment plan, it's all like automatically a parent can sign a change. It's not printing something out, having them sign it, scan something back in. Um, so nothing ever gets lost as far as treatment consents, um, treatment estimates, my sedation records, when I do sedations, it's all electronic. Um, so it just is it's so much more user-friendly from the paperwork standpoint of not having to just print and scan and, and lose things. All of our check-in yeah. is digital. So we have yep. kiosks up front where they can come in and just tap in their name and date of birth and, and check in and sit down and have a cup of coffee. All of the forms, the, the onboarding forms are all online. So 50% of our patients literally walk in for their first, for their new patient visit and don't have any paperwork to fill out because it's all been done online. Insurance has already been verified. So our average wait time is approaching less than 10 minutes, even for new patients. That's good. Can people like book online yeah. through your website? Yep. Yeah. It has a uh, integrated online uh, booking system. So existing patients can log on to their patient portal, pay their bill, um, book new appointments, and then new patients actually, um, they have a little app integrated into our website. So they click uh, the button on our website, book now. Um, also in all our marketing materials, that book now button leads back to CareStack's online booking system. Did you guys start off with them or did you have somebody else? I spent a tremendous, because I've been through several like multi-billion dollar software integrations with some very, very large companies. And I witnessed firsthand what a disaster. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, the switching at such a high switch cost can be for uh, software. So I spent a lot of time researching Tab32 and, you know, the cloud-based versions of your classics, EagleSoft, uh, Open Dental, Dentrix, all of those. And CareStack was by far and away the best choice. And their follow-up support um, has proven itself. Oh, yeah. so. If there any question or there's, you know, there's very few glitches, but if anything isn't working perfectly, like you email them or they have a chat feature within CareStack so they can help me like immediately. Someone responds to my chat right away um, to help me figure something else. If there's an upgrade and I don't know how to do something anymore, there's always something available like right away. So yeah, yeah we've been super happy with them. I had never heard of it. I, I feel like it works with everything else like Open Dental and EagleSoft and, you know, all the other platforms. I hadn't even heard about CareStack until Tim was researching it and found out about it. So yeah, I feel so grateful that we found them and they've just been yeah, life-saving in the practice. And then from a business standpoint, right, the reporting system, which I'm really, really big on data-driven analysis and running the business financially, not just based on your gut feel. So their reporting both for single location, but also for multiple locations is very robust. So I've been very happy with that. Yeah. When you were doing research with like Tab32 and other companies, what was the, I guess, like difference for you? Because it's all cloud-based, right? Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Which is where everything is going no matter what, right? I mean, that's yeah. just, that's where the world is going. Support is a lot of it, right? The um, ability to reach out because no software is perfect. You're always going to have issues. Um, it's, it's who's going to support you the best, right? Tab32, I thought was a good suite, but I thought it was their customer support was abysmal. I'll just be honest with that. I had a terrible experience and I've had a lot of other people tell me the same thing. CareStack is not without its warts and it, it does have certain issues, but they work really hard to take care of them or figure, figure out a workaround for you. So that, that was high on my list of priorities. Obviously, I had a list of 10 or 12 items that were pretty much necessary prerequisites where it was an automatic non-starter if the, the program didn't meet those certain requirements. Yeah, gotcha. 
That's good, man. That's good to know. That's good to know that like Kirstack is like running it. You know what I mean? Like your whole practice, it's going great and everything. I know it saves a ton on IT uh, costs, especially oh, for a startup. Man. Yeah, we we don't have a server. We have no server in the office. It's incredible. Everything I can do from home, like any of my notes I need to finish, I can see everyone's x-rays, like I can just log in at home and it's just exactly like it is in the office, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we had practice works and my boss at the time, she would call me just to go to the office to move the mouse yeah. so it can <laughs> so she can log on network. And I'm like, are you paying me for that? Like to move the mouse? <laughs> yeah, it was like a long drive to do that. So it's uh you don't have to do that anymore. You know what I mean? Like now that we're like cloud-based. So. All right, guys. So like you heard, CareStack is amazing. They're doing amazing things. Their customer support is fantastic. But you know what? Why don't you just give them a try? I can talk about it as much as you want. Or you can hear people like in this episode. They can talk about it too as much as you want. But I want you to give them a try. So um, we're giving you a free 10-day trial. No strings attached. Just go in the show notes below. It's going to be the first link in the show notes below. And it's going to say give CareStack a try today for free. And they'll give you a free 10-day trial. Like I said, no strings attached. So if you like them, awesome. If you don't like them, awesome. You can still continue to go with whatever you have, right? But if you like them and you're like, you know what? I want to have CareStack from the beginning or I want to get rid of, you know, whatever you have, whether it's Open Dental, EagleSoft, PracticeWorks, uh, whatever, right? If you decide you want to go with CareStack, then guess what? You also get 10% off your annual subscription plus 50% off your setup fee. So you'll get 10% off your annual subscription plus 50% off your setup fee. So go get your free 10-day trial. And then if you love them, you get 10% off your annual subscription and 50% off your setup fee. So go do that right now. If you want, you can go in the show notes below, click the first link in the show notes below and get your free 10-day trial with CareStack. You mentioned director of first impressions. Mm-hmm. What's that? That's So front desk doesn't begin to cover what the women who work up front do. I mean, there's there's so much more than that. And they're, they provide so much more service than just answering phones and, and sitting down and, and receiving patients. Our, our goal was to be the non-dental office. So when you come into our office, it looks like you walked into our living room. Um, I don't know if you can see the ship lap behind me. She's a big yeah. ship and Joanna Gaines fan. Uh, I've built about 20 barn doors for her all throughout the office. office, Um, So it's really like walking into a living room. Um, Our director of first impression stands up like a hotel concierge to greet you, ask you if you want a cup of coffee, we'll make you a fresh cup of coffee. It's in no way, shape or form like walking into a traditional dental office with the carpet, the brown chairs and the five expired magazines on the Yeah. You know, we're a pediatric office, so there's kids coming in. So the kids are immediately shown to the playroom. She she shows them how to, you know, work the tablets. We have a really cool, it's called a new line. It's this huge interactive, like 60 inch, basically tablet that the kids can draw on and play games. And so she like shows them how to, you know, play with that. And so we, we want it to be, we want kids to be excited to come here and, and see us and, um, and be like, you know, just greeted by someone who's excited that they're here too. So yeah, yeah they're both they're of really our, energy. They're, they're amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I like that director of first impressions. That's new. I never heard of that. How many employees do you guys have? Uh, six per location right now. So 12 in total? 12 total, yep. Okay. How'd you guys find them? How'd you hire them? The uh, first ones, I mean, so I'll, I'll throw this out there just for anybody looking for a meta um, answer to that question. Indeed.com is where I've found the most success. Gotcha. Indeed. I've also made like 
400 hires in my career, 350 of which of those were not good hires. <laughs> no, Tim, yeah, Tim, who is not a dentist and had never like been in a dental office other than for his own dental checkups. Um, you know, I, I was working part-time somewhere else when we first started. And so he had to be the one to like interview and, and hire my dental assistants. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to get with these <laughs> dental. Like one of them brought a mold, you know, from their dental assisting class to like show him their, their impressions that they took or something. I didn't even know what no I was like, like they are the most rockstar dental assistants I have ever worked with in my whole career. The, the dental assistants that we have. And I'm just like, I still just cannot believe that he hired them. Like, you know, just aside from me, but it, you know, it's just like, it's all about personality and coachability and, mm-hmm. you know, the drive to, to be, you know, self-starter and take the initiative. And, and that's something that he's like really good at identifying and people. Um, so yeah, I just, yeah, amazing assistance. They've been with us since we've opened and just, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good, Tim. Uh, yeah, he's all like, oh, this looks, uh, this looks, you could have done better with this, but I, okay, you know. Ah, yeah. teeth. Yes, I, I agree. These are teeth. I, know. I, I, I wish I had been there for that. <laughs> oh, it's funny. So then give me a range if you can. What's production and collection looking like for y'all? Um, yeah, so again, we're, I'm going to say this, I'm going to throw this out there. This We are not normal, all right? So Buda is a very high growth location. It was a diamond in the rough. Um, I started looking when we decided to move back from Alaska, uh, we picked about nine or 10 cities that we thought we could live in and started narrowing it down from there. So I had a spreadsheet with about 92 columns and about 150 rows of data for these different cities. And it really boiled down to, we moved to Buda because of the perfect demographics for a pediatric dental practice. That's why we came here, right? Now it ended up being a wonderful community and we're incredibly happy to live here and call it home. But that's why we we intentionally moved because it was the right place to start a pediatric dental practice. So we've averaged since we opened about 140 new patients per month. Um, our first full year in business, we produced about 1.25, collected about 1.1. Wow! So from the beginning, you just immediately yeah like, took off yeah yeah. And that was because of the research you've done beforehand on Buta, or was it yeah. because like man, we're just great. Like our marketing is fantastic. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's yes. I mean, it it wouldn't have been as explosive. I think the location itself probably accounts for 60 for being honest and not, uh, not egotistical at all. I'd say probably 60 to 70% of that is, is location. And then the remaining, you know, that, that would have made a good practice. And then the rest of it is what we've done to make it a great practice. Location wise, are you guys like, in a like everybody can see you type of place or high, high volume drive-by traffic class a retail new building uh very beautiful build out um, but it was more to do with the demographics mm-hmm. than anything right i mean the problem is everybody wants to open you want to make a million as a, a, a dentist go into a rural community that doesn't have a lot of dentists right everybody wants to live in the cities now you're not gonna be successful opening a practice you cannot change demographics and you cannot work against demographics it's not going to work that is first and foremost, don't kid yourself into thinking that you can overcome bad demographics by being the best doctor, the amazing doctor. It will take you 10 years. It was my dream of San Francisco making yeah. two million. <laughs> and then, jeez. Uh, Anyways, but no, okay, <laughs> that's good. I like, I like that. That's good advice. When it came to your marketing, what are you guys doing? 
I mean, everything. So again, we've got a 50 page marketing plan um, that has all facets. About the only thing we don't do a lot of is print marketing, but we're very active on Instagram, Facebook. We do a lot of video production, um, a lot of SEO, a lot of pay-per-click advertising. So yeah, I mean, Alex, you know, kind of laughs because for most dentists, the purists in dental school, marketing is a four letter word. But if you're offering a better service than everybody else out there, in my opinion, <laughs> sorry, Marketed, a little yeah. egotistical again. Um, yeah, in my opinion, right, you're, it, the more patients we can see, the more lives we can affect and the more good we can do. So that's kind of where we're at. No, I think that's an essential part of our practice. And I mean, how do they know you're here unless you like let people know? And so, mm-hmm. um, and, we're, and we're super involved in the community too. And that's, I think, been a big part of like, we live in this community, we give back to this community. We're always donating to other, you know, just local small businesses and getting involved in everything that we can. And, um, and viewed as a community that appreciates that and all the local businesses really support each other. And so um, we participate in a lot of the school events and, you know, all the things we just like do everything. But um, I think that that's been a big factor to our success here is that people see us giving back and participating in the community too. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Out of all that, what do you feel has been the best ROI? You know, so I could go back in and I can give you the data on all of it. Um, and, and I would say that it's a comprehensive approach. You can't have one without the other. If you're lacking on the social media side, if you're lacking on Facebook, you're not going to get as good of results, uh, even for your pay-per-click dollars, because people don't know who you are and you don't have that level of trust. So it truly does have to be, it can't be, I'm going to go spend $2,000 on Facebook ads this month, and then I'm going to go spend $2,000 on Google ads this month, that has to be part of a marketing strategy, not just a plan, but an actual strategy. Mm-hmm. How are you going to get patients in through the front door uh, through all the tactics that you can use in marketing at your fingertips? Yeah. And I think that's something we kind of don't think about sometimes is like that takes planning beforehand, right? Like a lot of creating the strategy, making sure it works and, and getting that funnel right. Sometimes we feel like all right, we're open. Now we got to like post it, right? Like we're open guys. Need patient special. Yeah. Hey, hang up that shingle. It's all you got to do. <laughs> yeah. The first 10 days we were open, we saw a hundred patients because Man. like, they, they, yeah, they just already knew that we were here because we've been marketing for a while. Like they had no idea the, the first day of patients were like, we didn't realize this was your first day open because like they'd been hearing about us already and um, our website had been up and like, you know, perfect for, for months. And so um, yeah, having a great website was a huge part of, I think, like just parents saw it and immediately felt like it was thoughtful. And um, we looked well established because of that, even though we had literally just, you know, just opened the doors. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, I'll give a, a quick plug to Wonderist. Yeah. Um, they are the ones who designed this. They're not who we're with now, um, but they're the ones who designed our website. And it's, you know, it, w- without ego, it's one of the best that uh, I've seen in the dental space. They did a phenomenal job. Yeah, very so, happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Awesome. So throughout this process, guys, throughout this time, because from the moment you, from the moment you signed your loan, right? And you're like, okay, we're going to do this, right? Or both time you both agreed, like we're really doing this till right now. What's been some of the biggest struggles or fails or pitfalls that you've experienced? Uh, Are you asking that as a single location owner or as a multi-location owner? Both. Boy, that's a great question. And so I, I can tell you what the multiple location answer is, which is, I get, well, no, you know what? I'll say for me, the biggest surprise uh, was how difficult insurance 
actually is. I've, I've heard all the horror stories and I thought, not me, right? Same thing. Right? <laughs> nah, it's, it's, these, yeah. it's these dental people that don't know what they're talking about. Man, it is, it is unbelievably difficult. And it seems like every time you turn around, they're figuring out another way to not pay you. And it's, <laughs> it almost seems like it's intentional and, 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 and done maliciously. And then that may or may not be the case. But either way, it is wildly more complex than I had originally given it credit for. Yeah. So insurance. Insurance has been one of the biggest struggles for you yeah, guys. For, for me. And what about for you? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, staff has been a little bit more difficult, like finding people right now. I think that's mm-hmm. like a universal, you know, issues of just finding people who, who want to work and um, even offering great benefits and great pay um, dental assistance. Finding as we grow, finding additional team members has been mm-hmm. a little bit more difficult than than we thought it would be because like you know, a couple of years ago, it seemed really easy to, to find a dental assistant. The first office we built from scratch, like ground zero, the second office we bought an existing um, office. So that had been a pediatric office for about two and a half years. Um, the dentist, you know, ended up not wanting to be a business owner and, and just moving away. So we bought this is practice. actually that, yeah. that's a great story for your, for yeah. your listeners based yeah. on your, your podcast. Um, so we did, we bought a struggling practice from a dentist who came out guns and blazing did a really nice build out actually on the office um, in a demographically challenged area for as far as pedo it's not great but it's it's also not the worst that i've seen right mm-hmm. um, but came out guns and blazing um, and just didn't have a lot of these things in place right didn't have the marketing in place didn't have a temp right i mean again we have after doing this so much respect for dentists that do this and do it successfully by themselves because we have both of us literally working and I kid you not 80 hours a week since we started this. I mean, and, and that is, as shows no signs of slowing down We work on the weekends. We talk about it at dinner, we're working at night. So for, for a, a single doctor owner to do this stuff is, is incredibly commendable. That's yeah. Opening the second location harder, a little bit harder for me in a clinical standpoint of like, I, you know, I can't be everywhere at once. And so how am I creating these systems to replicate what we have at our primary office that I've been at? You know, I want the same culture and the same feel, um, you know, but it's going to be different team members. And if I'm not there, you know, coaching and training um, and helping, you know, do everything is that that was a little bit harder for me than I thought maybe it would be. And I know every dentist, you know, you open multiple locations, you think that it's, they're all going to be exactly the same, but um, just getting the other team remotely sort of more, you know, just on board, like our, our initial team has been. What Alex is trying to say is yeah. delegation. Delegation is hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's like, you know, and yeah, if you're a perfectionist and you want everything, you know, you want it to be this amazing patient experience and you want it to be this, you know, what your, my first office is and it, and it is, and it's like, they're doing so great, but it's like, that was harder for me to yeah, delegate and, you know, figure out those systems when I can't be there all the time. And so definitely like a little harder to like let go of some of that when you, you open up a second location. Yeah, that is, that's super, like, I think all of us have a little bit of a, you know what I mean? You're like, this is my baby. And then you're yeah, kind of exactly. letting it go. Yeah. 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 Okay. Here's my thought on that real quick. So uh-huh. um, bought the location, he, he had a tough go of it for uh, two and a half years and, and just could never get to that breakthrough point. Um, and uh, so unfortunately it didn't work out for him, um, but he did make a nice chunk of change on the exit, right? Um, we went in and, and so immediately when we implemented our systems, we uh, doubled the revenue like month two. Uh, so that goes to show you 
with those with the proper systems with the proper plans in place with a cohesive strategy on all fronts that literally so there you go it's, it, it's 50 percent us right? yeah, 50 where you are yeah could you tell us like at least one of those systems that you implemented immediately that you skyrocketed i mean well our, our, our marketing strategy right um and then our uh using care study so we we immediately they were on open dental i think immediately did the switch over like day one we're not even Questioning, it's would rip the bandaid off, get to care stack. So then our no-show rate dropped significantly, right? Our recare rate went back up. Our ability to track those things, find out who we can call to get on the short schedule, on the short call list, things like that, right? All, all of that. I like that. So the no-show rate kind of lowered a little bit because you were able to track it with care stack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. How has this all affected your personal life? <laughs> what? What? What's what, what personal life? <laughs> like, what is that? We were working six days, like clinically six days a week for the first like eight months that we were open because it's, you know, we couldn't open full time when we first started. So I was, you know, working part time in another office for like three days a week. And then we wanted our office to be open three days a week. So that was like exhausting for, you know, really the first eight months. And then I feel like we finally sort of started having like a, a normal life again. And then we opened the second office and then it was just like, now I just give up. And <laughs> But we like, we made this really nice. I feel like we were just here like until 10 o'clock at night for the first. Like, no, we literally, the, the couch that we're sitting on right now, we, we would literally sleep on. We, we'd be here. We were here till yeah. 3 a.m. the morning that we opened. Yeah, just making sure everything was perfect and looked beautiful and, and just like cleaning. And, with yeah. the new practice, we were there till we got better. We were only there till 2.30 a.m. Yeah. when we opened the second practice. Yeah. So I think by the fifth or sixth practice, we'll be there until yeah. midnight at the latest. Yeah, yeah. Well, man. Have someone else doing this for us by that point, I hope. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of patience, guys. A lot of patience. Like, you know, I mean, working at it and everything. How do you, I guess, let me ask this. Like, is there ever a moment where you're like, all right, I'm sick of it. Let's not talk about work. We're out for dinner. Let's do this. Or are you guys like, no, we can talk about it. I don't know. I think we go through. We have a day, yeah. Sometimes phases, they'll tell yeah. me to stop talking about it or, you know, <laughs> there's like, we just, you know, we care so much about our team and like, they really are our family. So if there's like things going on in their lives that we're worried about for them or, you know, like there's just, you know, I just feel like we're always talking about it in some capacity, but I feel like sometimes we do have to tell each other like, okay, no more work talk. And then like two glasses of wine later, we're like talking about work again. <laughs> so we yeah. try really hard. We've, we've never, since, since we started, we've, we've never gone over eight hours without talking about the practice in some way, shape or form. I bet that is an absolute true fact, even on vacation. Y'all have taken a vacation though, right? Yeah. yeah we took one. Oh, we take <laughs> like, Yeah, like four days. We, we went to Costa Rica, but we could only go for like four days because we didn't want to shut the office down for more than, you know, like a day and a half. Yeah. And so, but yeah, little mini vacations we've been able to take. But it is also about building something. I mean, we absolutely made more money, okay. me and my career and Alex working as associate than we do owning these practices, even with a very successful practice and a, and a decent practice that we're starting up. It has to be about more than just the money. We, we absolutely made more money working independently than we do owning a practice. Um, yeah. And a lot of that is because we compensate the team so well. We provide the healthcare and 18 days paid time off for every team member. And, you know, we're big about creating something bigger than ourselves. Uh, you know, we donated $20,000 to local causes last year. So it's, you know, it's, it's not just about the money. And you hear people say that and the people who give that a wink and a nod and say, yeah, yeah, sure. But it really is those are the ones that are going to succeed, not long-term. Do you think it's more about like the freedom 
for you guys? Oh, there's no freedom. There, there, there's literally no freedom. It's, it's not about less freedom. freedom. Like yeah. we can't, you know, as an associate, I would have no problem taking two, you know, two weeks off for a honeymoon because like there's always someone else to cover you and it's not my problem. Like I'm just an associate in someone's practice, but yeah, there's, we're way more tied down and less free being owners. We just, we love creating jobs for our team members. Like that is something that I get so much joy out of that I had no idea until we were practice owners. Like we are creating yeah, this, these lives for our team members. And like, it's just like, what an incredible opportunity to have that. And we've been able to do, we start our, we started a nonprofit organization where we have a mobile dental van that goes to underserved wow. communities. Yeah, in Texas, we literally just got donated. Um, St. Davis Foundation has like, they're a, a local foundation in Austin that has, one of the largest fleet of dental vans in the country. They have like 12 vans and- We call it a van, it's actually it's a, van. It's a like 42 a foot RV. mobile yeah. dental RV, diesel powered mobile dental bus with yeah. two, two fully eyes. equipped operatories, a piano. Piano, like sterilization, everything. And so we created this nonprofit and St. David's donated us one of their dental vans when they upgraded their fleet to get some new vans. And so like, what it, like because we've been practice owners and have this, we have the option and ability to like start this nonprofit and go to underserved areas and really affect like, change in a way that other dentists, I just feel like can't or, you know, don't have the time or resources to do. And, um, yep. you know, our practice being successful has allowed us to, we probably put 50,000 of our own dollars into like getting this going and like starting the nonprofit so that this can be something um, that's sustainable, um, you know, with our practices for the long term. So like getting the opportunity to do that and affect real change has just like been such a joy to us too. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's what I, that's, I meant more like, um, Freedom as in like your creativity, you know what I mean? Not so much like, oh, I have to work nine to this and I have to fly here. I have to do 100%. that. And yes, that 100%. 100% yeah. yeah, because yeah, when I, when there's a material that I know works better and I feel like is, you know, like to be able to pick the materials for our team and office and, you know, the freedom. Yeah. All of that is, is definitely something that's been, been yeah. wonderful about being business owners. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. I think, I think that's how life is a little bit, right? You're going to go through seasons all the time. Like some seasons are going to be like, it's a little bit easier. We can do something. And then some seasons you're like, oh my gosh, I'm down. We got to work all the time. Talk about work, you know, do everything. And then until we can, who knows how long that might take. And then, you know, you go back up and then that's good though. But I'm very, very, very like excited for you guys to see whenever I ever visit or well, when I go visit Austin and then yeah. see like you, you guys. <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, the 13th practice that they opened up. Look at that. <laughs> oh, geez, they're, they're, he's going to be, Sam's going to be like, remember when I told you we weren't making as much, yeah. we're making yeah. way more now. Like, I don't even know what to, oh, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but awesome guys. Thank you so much for being on. If uh, anybody has any questions or concerns or anything like that, where can they find you? Yeah. Um, probably the easiest way uh, would be just to reach out to info at kids, um, info at kidstoothteam.com and um, our director of first impressions is, was great about getting those messages passed on to us. Alex and I love answering questions, helping out. We're a very open book. I mean, I think that when the ocean rises, all the boats in the ocean rise. So um, I'm more than happy to talk to anybody, tell them everything I know. Um, I don't care if you're opening a practice next to us. It, uh, we're about furthering dentistry, helping the kids out. And so, um, yeah, happy to help anybody in any way. Gotcha. Awesome. So guys, that's all going to be in the show notes below. Definitely go in the show notes below. Reach out to Alexandra and Tim and, and pick their brain a little bit more. And guys, thank you so much for being with us. It was a pleasure and we'll hear from you soon. Awesome. Sounds thank great. you so much. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And Dr. Alexandra and Tim, thank you so much for allowing me to dive deeper into your lives and, and be more nosy. Uh, we really, really, really appreciate it. 
Guys, if you have any questions or concerns, feel free to go in the show notes below and reach out to them. They're doing amazing things. Uh, we definitely would love to have them back on once they're <laughs> opened their 15th location and see how what new struggles they've encountered and how they're they're overcoming it. So thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. And like you heard, CareStack is a huge uh, component in their in lowering their no-show rate, but at the same time in making sure everything works in a systematic, cohesive way. And guys, if you are interested in CareStack, remember they do sponsor this podcast. So that means you get an exclusive deal. So what the deal is, is you'll get a free 10-day trial. So let's just say you heard this episode and you're like, you know what? I want to try CareStack out. No strings attached. You can try them out free for 10 days. After your trial, if you decide, you know what? I really like CareStack. Let's do this. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. I want to take out Open Dental. I want to take out EagleSoft, PracticeWorks, whatever you have, right? and I want CareStack, then boom, you can have it. And then they'll give you 10% off your annual subscription plus 50% off your setup fee. All right, I'm going to say that again. That's 10% off your annual subscription plus 50% off your setup fee. So I'm going to put that in the first link in the show notes below. If you want to give CareStack a try for free, you can do so. Just go in the show notes below. It's the first link in the show notes. And yeah, guys, if you like it, then you get that exclusive deal. So like you heard in this episode, they do amazing things. And honestly, it's kind of like where we're all going in cloud-based, right? And CareStack, their customer support is fantastic, fantastic. So like I said, give them a try. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for supporting the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you in the next episode.